Do you want me to kick it off? Go for it. Welcome to <laughs> Chats from Cabin 15. <laughs> WGNC? WGNC. Where's WGNC coming Yeah, where is that? Good News Church. Oh. <laughs> what is the W for? That's what you put in front of a every radio, radio station. I had no idea that about that. <laughs> wow. Wasn't that sophisticated of a joke? <laughs> you learn something new every time. Welcome okay. back to Chats from Cabin 15. You're sitting here with Anthony Parrott. Brandon Morrow. And Steve Petty. And we are in the middle of a series called Sorry, I'm Not Sorry. Uh, and during the Sunday sermons, we're talking about the who, what, when, where of apologetics, evangelism, defending on our faith. Uh, but during these chats, we're kind of approaching some of those difficult topics that can come up when you're talking about your faith with other people. So past couple of weeks, for example, if you want to go back and listen, we talked about why do bad things happen to good people and, you know, good things to bad people. Uh, things. Before, yeah, things. Why do things happen at all? Uh, before that, we talked about uh, is Jesus the only way, only way to heaven, uh, only way to inherit eternal life, the only way to the Father. And this week, what are we talking about, guys? Is Scripture reliable? Yeah. Who is Scripture? Is that your answer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. good, uh, Tim the Toolman grunt. <laughs> yeah, is scripture reliable? Uh, and again, just like the question, is Jesus the only way? Like mm. you can make it even more specific. Is it reliable to do what? To be what? So what are we talking about? Uh, you know, I think the, the place that a lot of people want to begin is that if it is, you know, scripture being God's word, if it is from God, it automatically makes it reliable. Um, but that's not a very uh, that's not a very helpful or healthy logical conversation because that assumes some things that others uh, don't know to be true about God. So maybe the first thing we should talk about is the nature of God and how He is reliable. Sure. Okay. Uh, first one, He created all things. Ready to go. <laughs> I knocked out the easiest one. Yeah. So you know, if you're talking about scripture, um, then you're talking about some some idea of inspiration, some idea of like there's a higher power uh, that makes this scripture like worth reading, worth kind of following. Mm. Um, and so yeah, inevitably you're talking about the divine. You're talking about God. And in a couple of weeks we're going to talk about science. Um, but no matter who you are, if you're an atheist, uh, an atheistic evolutionist, or if you're a, a creationist or someone who believes that God created the world, like some somewhere you have to start with some sort of a priori assumption. A priori mean like you have to assume it with no previous evidence. Mm. So if you're like an atheistic evolutionist, um, then you assume that uh, creation matter energy is infinite and eternal. Uh, so you start applying characteristics to the universe uh, that you can't necessarily prove. Things such as infinity, things such as eternality, mm. uh, the fact that the universe has always existed. Uh, whereas if you believe that God created the world, you're still making some like faith-based a priori assumptions that God is the one who is eternal. God is the one who is infinite. God is the one that's outside of matter. Um, and you know there are good arguments uh, on, on why perhaps believing in God might be the better assumption to make. Anyway, all that said, if there is a God who created the universe... Which we believe there to be. Right. right. <laughs> so perhaps <clears throat> since there is a God, um, then like, do we believe that God is going to communicate with his creation in some mm. sort of meaningful way that they could follow? And so as soon as you start talking about scripture, the word, uh, Bible, um, then yeah, we're saying that we do believe that God is the kind of God that wants to be known, who is capable of being known. Being known. He uh, has personality and he desires people to be in relationship with him. Yeah. And that means like he's going to communicate with them in some way that makes sense. 
Mm. I think the relationship factor is important, Mm -hmm. which really separates the monotheistic view of Yahweh, of the Hebrew scriptures, of Judeo-Christian value system, Mm -hmm. that God is not distant. He's not malevolent. He doesn't, he's not angry. He doesn't need, you know, sexual satisfaction from people. He's not just going to smite you out of the blue, but in fact, he does desire relationship. Yeah. And so um, certainly scripture is one of the means by which God accomplishes that relationship. The other being the revelation of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit unveils to us uh, truths pertaining to Christ. And certainly one of the primary ways in which the Holy Spirit unveils those things to us is through the revelation of the word. Almost said relevation. Relevation? The revelation of I'm the sh- word. I'm sure there's a church out there named like, well, we want to be relevant and we're on top of like the hill in town. Relevation. <laughs> relevation. <laughs> Welcome to Relevation Church. Uh, I'm thinking when you ask the question of is scripture reliable, um, that automatically brings with the question of what makes the Bible reliable as compared to the Quran, the Book of Mormon? Um, why should I trust in this scripture any more than another religion's. Mm. Yeah. Um, My daughter and- loves Korans. <laughs> Blue, her favorite color. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at this box of Korans. <laughs> Love them Korans. Um, but, but you have the question then of, of what makes the Bible more relevant or trustworthy than any other religion's said scripture. Mm. Uh, because every religion holds to some type of teaching yeah. and has their word that they draw from. And so why do we hold to this? as compared to the others. Mm. And I think that's the first fundamental question you have to get through of why should I choose this book as compared to the other five or six that someone might lay in front of me? Yeah. Um, Is that your question? I think that's the first question you have to get by. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have an answer? um, I think I do. Okay, go ahead. Okay. (laughs) So what makes the Bible different than the other religious and or spiritual handbook is the fact of who the Bible is about. The Bible is, you know, before anything else, it's Christocentric. It's about Jesus. It is unveils to us the person, the work, the image of Jesus, the historically verified person of Jesus, who all of history is just enamored by this individual. Mm-hmm. We want to know more. We need to know the deep, dark truths, the, the, truths, the truth, uh, I guess, really about Christ. So I think the first thing that makes the Bible reliable and separates it from any other religious or spiritual book is about who it's about. From cover to cover, page to page, it's about the hope, the fulfillment of scripture, the salvation of the world, the restoration of all things through who? Christ. Yeah. Which is wildly different from many others. Well, and the other very unique thing about the Bible is it is a multitude of authors over hundreds, if not thousands of years pertaining to one story. And uh, all other religions generally have a book that they follow that was typically written by one person yeah. in a very short period of time. And, and the Bible's scripture is very different in that sense, in that you have generations of people 
from multiple backgrounds, from multiple nationalities even, mm-hmm. contributing into one story of God's desire for a relationship with mankind. Yeah. 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 And you compare that to, say, the Hindu scriptures, which are another example of texts written over you know generations and generations. And uh, some you know folks against Christianity will point out that uh, some of the Hindu scriptures have some like parallels. So like there's a Hindu mm-hmm. trinity, there's a you know one of those deities who like came incarnated himself, died for the sake of others. But what makes Christianity unique and scripture unique is that like no no modern Hindu, no Hindu in like many 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 long 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 time like claims that what happens in Hindu scriptures is like historically true. They are just mm, stories. Yeah. And what makes Christianity unique and scripture unique is like our faith hinges on its on its historicity. Yeah. We believe there really was a person, Jesus of Nazareth, mm-hmm. born into a human family who really, you know, it's in our creeds. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. There is this historical fact built into our creeds that mm-hmm. like you can you can try to disprove, you know? Like it's kind of like the the foolishness of the of Christian faith that like we hinge it on the fact that it's historically true. Mm. And People yeah. have tried to like, well, Jesus isn't real or, you know, Jesus never existed. But like the, you know, large majority of secular scholars, uh, people who don't even believe, um, have like placed their faith in Jesus. Like there's more, uh, more historical evidence for Jesus than Julius Caesar. Yeah. More historical evidence for Jesus than uh, Socrates or Plato or Aristotle. Like there's so much historical evidence about this person. And like, yeah, it, our faith hinges on that fact. So, like, Hinduism can get away by with, with, like, yep, they're stories. They tell something that's true about the universe. Buddhism's the same way. It tells something that's true about the universe, but it didn't actually happen. Um, you know, the Quran is more of, like, a, a rewriting of the Abrahamic religions. Um, you know, we're not even going to talk about Book of Mormon. Like... <laughs> Things that were written just by one person uh, that are completely uh, untestified in history. Like, have your own. You can have your own universe, Anthony. I can. Go live on COBOL. (laughs) You can have your own universe. Yeah. Yikes. Um, The other unique thing, because of the history of the Bible and and how it connects with the past um, is the realization that as time goes by, there's the greater tendency to verify more stories of the Bible Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. to discount. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the more research, the more study, the more archaeological finds, um, the more evidence is found to support the claims and the history and the stories as portrayed through biblical text. Yeah, there's a great example of that, the, the Hittites are, you know, all throughout the Old Testament. And um, when kind of modern biblical criticism came around the 1800s, early 1900s, at that point, there was no archaeological evidence for the Hittites. Just didn't exist. The only place they were uh, testified to was the the Jewish scriptures. And uh, so for a period of time, archaeology, history uh, taught, nah, the Hittites were just kind of this made-up enemy of of the Jews. They didn't really exist. Until we found this massive archaeological dig in Turkey that was Hittite this and Hittite that, and they had buildings and they had shrines and they had books and they like massive amounts of this the, these Hittite people who existed that scripture like knew about the whole time <laughs> like mm-hmm. no surprise to anybody who was reading the bible like, yeah we know <laughs> right that's funny yeah i think the uh the interesting fact is that the oral tradition of the christian scriptures does match up with the archaeological findings mm-hmm. which you know i think further bolsters the idea of uh, that the Bible really can withstand any and every historical scrutiny. You know, you hear stupid things like, 
It was Constantine who invented the Bible. Oh, jeez. And Christianity. <laughs> yeah. And or, um, which have zero to little biblical precedence. That sounds like some weird paranoia conspiracy theory. Well, somebody... we, can, we can thank Dan Brown and uh, the Da Vinci Code. For oh, yeah. That. And that Jesus married yeah. Mary Magdalene. Right. Yeah, do you, like, you, have you ever read the Da Vinci Code? Like in the front page, it says, like, you know, although the story is fictional, all of the historical facts are true. Which just like, again, even like secular, like non-Christian scholars are like, no, you can't put that in your book. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a work of fiction, so he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so when we talk about the reliability of scripture, two things, common assumptions comes up when we talk about scripture. Yeah. That it is both um, infallible mm. and inerrant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not subject to human mistakes and it's without error historically. But I think those are really terrible ways to talk about scripture, infallibility, inerrancy, and plus they're kind of like like snobby ways to talk about the Bible. That's a way to talk about what Scripture is, but no one really is concerned about what Scripture is because Scripture is something uh, to be experienced. So yeah. we have to talk about what Scripture does. So I think of Hebrews 4, verse 12, where it says, the, For the Word of God is alive. Wow, how about that? Something to experience. And it's active. God is interacting with us in this. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attributes of the heart. Yeah. So we find what does scripture do? It, it permeates our very being, convicts us with the nature of Christ, where we fall short of the glory of God, our need for repentance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the innate connection to our designer as we have been designed yeah. uh, to connect uh, f- to that level. Yeah. Yeah. And so you look at like, eh, what is scripture? Is it infallible? Is it er- inerrant? Yes. But what does scripture do? Yeah. I think right. it's a much better argument to yeah, talk like, about the reliability of scripture. It's like the least interesting conversation you can have about scripture. Is it's, it inerrant? Does yeah. it have contradictions? Why is this number different than this number in Kings versus Chronicles versus Samuel? And like, those are like, kind of interesting debates that you can get into. But yeah, as soon as you start talking about like what scripture does, like the impact that it's made on history. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Scripture has been used by people in very terrible ways. But if you were to create kind of like this T-chart of like how scripture, how either Jewish or Christian scripture, Old or New Testament, has clicked history, has clicked civilization forward. Yeah. Scripture was used in the emancipation of slaves. Scripture has been used uh, in terms of like medical advan- advancements and like, you know, Newton and Galileo. These folks were Christian people who saw scripture as like the heavens declare the glory of God. This is what this is how I'm going to spend my life. Um, and the like all of the Ivy League schools mm-hmm. first started as ministerial training places. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. at one point, I think it was it's like a like 100 years after Harvard's existence. They were they could count like two people of believing faith on campus, <laughs> which is kind of a weird yeah. you know, story. But you know, yeah. so you think about modern medicine, you think yeah. about uh, orphan and adoptive care in, in yeah. the world. You think about the leading educational institutions. Christians were the ones who started yeah. the first hospitals. It right. was Christians who became nurses who went to the battlefields. Um, you look at even like texts that, from a 21st century perspective, look pretty archaic, like Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and it's those texts that, if you were a 10th century BC person. Like, we're great progress for civilization. Wait, you're saying I can't beat my slave for any reason? Wait, you're saying that I can't enslave women for, you know, to become my concubines for any reason? Like, we look at texts like that and like, oh, who would possibly even want to do that? But, like, if you're, you know, a Hittite <laughs> in 1000 BC and 
you ha- encounter these people, the Jews, who uh, maybe are, you know, conquering your land or, or they have new political affiliations and, and you come across their laws and, and they say things like, hey, every seven years you should release your slave. Like, never heard of before in civilization. Yeah. Uh, scripture, so again, so going back to the point, like, what scripture is, is kind of in- interesting. But what scripture has done for the liberation of people, for, you know, not even counting the fact that it's a re- the revelation of God, um, just for how it has um, improved human life uh, in itself, like, this this text is worth something. What's the word I'm looking for? It starts with a T? Transcendent? Transcendent. I was going to say transient, not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> which, which really speaks to the transcendent nature of Scripture, mm-hmm. of when we look at the historical developments, even what it does in our current political culture, yeah. fueled by systemic oppression, racism, uh, there's w- what should be our guiding principle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. scripture yeah, yeah. Uh, how do we how do we end uh, you know that systemic oppression how do we end let's use gang violence in modesto california uh, scripture certainly speaks to that mm-hmm. you know for let's even think let's just sidetrack gang violence in modesto california which is a far cry from northwest iowa <laughs> uh, uh, you know you in large part it's a it's a family structure yeah. you have a bunch mm-hmm. of kids who are looking for a family yeah. um, what is the greatest unit um, for the church the family the that we've house. been a, yeah, that yeah. we've been adopted into the family of god yeah. and there's smaller subunits like like banks, you have a local bank, you have a regional bank, you have a federal bank, mm-hmm. and so you have a local family, and you're connected to a wider body, and you're com- you're connected to the global communion of believers. You forgot one step: the Illuminati. The, <laughs> the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah. That is not included in there. We cannot disclose details of the Illuminati <laughs> per request of Jay Z, who is the leader of the Illuminati. Oh yeah, good old Jay Z, always interrupting our podcast. <laughs> How do we get to that? Yeah, I don't know. The Anywho, uh, the reliability. <laughs> of scripture historically verified um, that we we see the the transcendent nature of scripture mm-hmm. also the general pulse of the human tradition mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. who is God and how can he communicate to us mm-hmm. and what does that mean for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. what does it mean for the future too mm-hmm. yeah anything we can add anything controversial we can add mm-hmm. providing that people have followed us this long this in long. the podcast yeah and you know like I don't want to pretend that there aren't controversy surrounding scripture. Like, this wouldn't be a question that we would be talking about if there weren't. Mm, right. um, like, there are historical controversies when it comes to scripture. And I think, like, you have to put on some pretty serious, like, blinders to pretend that there aren't any difficulties in scripture. Sure. Um, yeah, one of my favorite, just kind of absurdist, quote-unquote, difficulties is in, in the book of Matthew. Jesus comes riding in, a, in to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, riding both a donkey and a colt. Uh, now, the other Gospels, it's just the donkey, but Matthew has him riding on both. And it's just kind of like this absurd picture, like, is he straddling both of them? Is he doing the splits? Like, does he, like, switch halfway through? Um, and so you look at stories like that and, like, what is happening? And why did the other Gospels not mention that? And, like, once you get into understanding, like, what Matthew is doing, like, he's pulling from Old Testament quotes, like, he has this big agenda of like showing how Jesus fulfills the Old Testament. Uh, he's quoting from these two different scriptures that, that say that the, the Savior, the Redeemer, the Messiah is going to come in on a donkey and on a colt. And so he kind of massages the picture a little bit to include both, both of these animals in the story, which is just fantastic. Um, but to somebody who is not kind of like schooled in how uh, Jewish historians like write history, like you think like, well, that's absurd. Um, you look at the difference uh, 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 of numbers reported in the Old Testament. Um, you can come up with two 
different dates in terms of when the exodus happened. You Audio look at the way is. that like Israel <clears throat> Israel reports um, some of the Assyrian historical events versus the way Assyria reports some of the historical events. Um, and there are differences. Like we but can't pretend he, that there aren't. There are two different lines of genealogy for Jesus. There are. And there are a variety of different genealogies in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can, we can't pretend like there aren't difficulties. So I love the way Pete Enns talks about scripture mm. in that uh, scripture is a lot like Jesus and that Jesus is fully human and fully divine. And when you're talking about scripture, you're talking about a book inspired by, breathed out by God, Mm -hmm. uh, which is profitable for reproof and doctrine and leading people to salvation, leading people to knowing God, written by human beings, fallen human beings, stuck in history whenever they were writing, um, with their own perspectives and personalities and agendas. And I'm okay with that picture. Um, I'm okay with that. So one of my, uh, you know, another writer, uh, Mike McCarg, known on science, Science Mike. Science Mike. Uh, he has a, a bunch of axioms about the faith. And, and a philosophical axiom tends to be like an at least statement. Uh, so he has one about the Bible. He says, the Bible is at least a collection of books and writings assembled by the church. Uh, and I would I would include Judaism in that as well. The chronicle of people groups experience with an understanding of God over thousands of years. Even if that's a comprehensive definition of the Bible, which I don't think it is, but even if that were a comprehensive definition of Scripture, study of Scripture is warranted to understand our culture and the way in which people come to know God. And so even if all Scripture is, which I think we have lots of evidence to to say that it's more, but even if all Scripture is is a history of how people have encountered God, like, it's definitely worth studying and getting to know that book as best as you can. Because, like, the encounters that people have had with God have changed the world for the better. Mm. And I have to hold the controversial statements, you know, with Second Peter 1, in good tension, for a prophecy never had its origins in the human will, but prophets, I like this addition, though human, <laughs> spoke from God as they, carry, as they were carried along um, by the Holy Spirit. Also have to think about authorship, contextualization. Mm-hmm. The Bible was not written to us. It was not written to 21st century, right. 22nd century, mm-hmm. white, American. European descent Americans who, yeah. have, who, who know nothing of uh, exilic culture. Mm -hmm. who know nothing of, honestly, let's just be frankly honest about this, uh, systemic oppression. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so we have to, we have to know that let's, let's give a fun tag. Daniel is not about you. Daniel has nothing to do with American prophecy. Sorry, it does not. (laughs) Um, Zechariah has nothing to do with American prophecy. Right. And so we have to also think that uh, while it was not written to us, these words are written for us and for our benefit. Right. John Walton. Yeah. Again, this transcendent nature of, of the word, the work of the Holy Spirit, the divine presence of God mm-hmm. in us, through us, mm-hmm. for his benefit. Mm-hmm. God still is expanding, growing, completing, fulfilling his kingdom, mm-hmm. bringing about the restoration of all things. Mm-hmm. Again, so you need to think about authorship, contextualization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who it was written to. Yep. Yeah. All of yep. that. So again, yeah, I bring that up just to say like i'm not we're not ignorant of the difficulties that the bible can present there are hard things in there for sure have to hold in good tension the things that we don't know also we need to uphold the mystery of the scriptures as well yeah you will not get it all figured out uh psalm 8 4 who is man god that you would be mindful of him Mm -hmm. anything else we can add about the reliability of scripture any final thoughts steve i think in all those challenges that we acknowledge and that we reference um in my experience, none of those challenges ever negate 
the truths that are found in Scripture. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are things we, we don't understand that we can't comprehend. Um, you know, our mind can't conceive, um, but they do not negate the redemptive story of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and all the evidence that is found for that. Yeah. Uh, there will always be things that I don't have an answer to. Yeah. Um, there will be things that I will readily say, um, you, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah. But to, um, but to throw the proverbial baby out with the right. Bible water. <laughs> Bible right. water. <laughs> um, but none of those rise to anywhere close to a level yeah. where I would then negate the whole of Scripture yeah. because of a piece that I don't have thorough understanding on. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Mm. That's good. Yeah, why would, I, why would I throw out thousands of years and millions of people's experiences with God? Because I encountered a question I can't answer or like how presumptive and arrogant do i have to be or an answer you don't like or an answer i don't like yeah uh two resources i would recommend for finding out more about scripture yeah how to read the bible for all it's worth gordon fee so good and the blue parakeet by scott mcknight Mm -hmm. who also will help you answer the reliability some of the controversial statements in scripture Mm -hmm. and the highly contentious controversial subject this is a good one of women in ministry yeah Yeah, that's a good blue parakeet scott mcknight yeah thanks friends bye